0: You should always entertain the conversation, but just because you entertain the conversation doesn't mean you should always say yes, Mm -hmm. but you should always listen to the opportunity.
1: And all of a sudden, like this bar is completely packed with chairs. We made this massive circle. Mm -hmm. We we met incredible people, incredible podcasters that shared all the secrets.
0: They were like, this is what you do. I always had a unique interest in people's stories. Even as a little child, they used to call me in Greek. They'd call me the magnetophono, which means the (laughs) voice recorder. And what that means is you would tell me your story and I never forgot it. We've got hey, I'm Luis.
2: And I'm Luis. And you're listening
1: to you the Content is Profit
2: podcast. Where we talk about entrepreneurship, mindset, and of course, how to turn your content into profit. But
1: most importantly, we're here to have a good time with you. So go ahead and go to contentsprofit.com to join this awesome community.
2: Ooh-wee. that is right my friend no no that that, that has to stop <laughs> two episodes that, two, in a row that, and it has to stop yeah that has, <laughs> okay i'm well, gonna call
1: you matt well, well, we, we, rojito. We, we will
2: have <laughs> to make a instagram story poll to see
1: what people want
2: right let, let the people vote hey hey don't don't fall asleep let, let let's not go in a tangent let's stick to the programming for today <laughs> guys today we're going to be talking about
1: building one of the biggest events. In the world And much more Oh, Ooh. It's gonna be so good There's a lot to unpack here I had a conversation With a friend A couple days ago And oh boy I mean this could be like A three hour podcast Just gonna put that out there I'm here reading the script And man you're so <laughs> off I mean that was great But you're so off man Come on Come on Just stick to it But anyways if you, if you like this show If you're enjoying this show Go ahead and follow it In your favorite podcasting platform Because we come to you Every Tuesday, Thursdays And Saturdays With the audio versions As long as once it hits that publish button Which by the way congrats you've been crushing
2: appreciate it thank you so much and if today's guest help you move one step closer towards your goal please don't forget to share this episode with Mm. three friends that is your ticket of
1: admission thank you that's right we are back baby with content's profit and this time with one of the most in-demand guests in the podcasting world oh yeah
2: that is right today's guest started one of the biggest if not the biggest,
1: but certainly the <laughs> biggest in our hearts, Pikes event in the world. He's not just the master of putting together epic events, but he's also the master of bringing people together into communities that lift each other up. And not to mention that his events have the best karaoke ever. That, my friend, <laughs> is the
2: truth. And we have evidence to prove that. <laughs> we have firsthand experience. Please welcome founder of PodFest, the master of communities, the one and only Chris Chris Crimesos.
1: Let's go. That was awesome.
2: Thank you, guys. (laughs) Oh, man, Chris, I'm just going to say I'm going to throw my brother under the bus right now. He miscued this nice song. And there was like this. I don't
1: know. Uh, hold on. I don't know if you realized, but in this live production, there was something happening over there that I was trying to manage right on time. So I think this was came out perfect. Yeah, I think good. Chris knows good. what I'm talking about. So uh, he's like, yes. Anyways, Chris, dude, thank you so much for coming. This is so exciting, especially because uh, this awesome event is coming mm-hmm. very, very soon. But we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, we're interested in your story, man. Like how oh, do you yeah. end up like creating this amazing platform for so many creators and business owners?
0: First off, I'm excited that Fonzie got eight hours of sleep. I I got (laughs) about two or three, but I'm feeling great. I flew in from Nashville last night and you ever go to the airport and you forget where your car is parked? Uh, So I parked in uh, long-term and I was in the wrong (laughs) parking garage for about an hour until I figured out my car was on the other side at 1 a.m. in the morning.
1: (laughs) Oh, Yeah,
2: definitely the two and three hours of sleep. That makes sense.
0: (laughs) But no, I, I mean, luckily, I got some, I got some sleep at least, uh, and I feel great. Podfest, the community that we're talking about, is an in-person but also virtual community of uh, independent content creators. The majority of them are podcasters, but we also own Vidfest, which is YouTubers, and we're starting to expand into Amazon Live and different uh, mediums. So I got started in events um, almost 12 years ago, and I got started in a lo- from a local level doing meetups. I've done over 2,000 meetups, mm, uh, wow. literally. One of my favorite things to share is I remember once, five years in, after doing a meetup every night of the week, there was a holiday that I forgot, and I scheduled a meetup, and no one showed up. So uh, I realized, you know, let me go home. It was five o'clock, and I'm, I I went in to my house. And I think my wife and I were dating at the time. I remember saying to her, there's something wrong. And she goes, what? I go, there's people outside and they're walking their dogs and they're not working. And I remember <laughs> her saying, you dumbass! normal people come home at five o'clock and they walk their dogs. And I remember right then I, I was a little out of balance, I, but passionately. So <laughs> I hadn't been home before 9 PM in like five years. to where it was an odd thing to see that if that makes sense yes um so anyways i love community building so i started from the grassroots and i started when there would only be four or five people showing up at a meetup but i was able to parlay that into the community that is known as podfest and we started with 100 people at our first ever official podfest and over time we've doubled it year over year so now we're eight years in the cycle uh and two years ago pre-covid we had 2000 attendees Wow. Uh since then we've set two Guinness World records for largest virtual events in the world. So the good thing about the first virtual the Guinness World record it was amazing. We we were just looking to have fun and bring everybody together during the the uh complexity of COVID. It was a very dark time. Yeah. The second one was to make sure people knew it wasn't a fluke that our community is real. We love each <laughs> other, we support each other. But my skill set is in community building and bringing people together.
1: Yeah. What uh a- Chris, by the thank you for bringing that mm-hmm. together because we were part of like the 2,000, 2000 people one like two years ago. Um, 2020, yeah, right before the lockdowns. Yeah, I remember coming in to, to check in and they were like, hey, do you want hand sanitizer? And you had these <laughs> stickers, like in case, you know, people are not really comfortable. At the, and we did it, I think it was like Orlando, Florida. And we got invited by one of our friends that was speaking at that time. And we had no idea that podcasting was gonna become the thing that it became for us. Uh, that event really started, uh, this, this flame now and, uh, it, it turned into this incredible venture that we've been able and blessed to, to experience. So I want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for putting that together because mm-hmm. Chris, like you literally saved their business. You literally saved, um, you, because of you and the event that you guys put on, we were able to employ six people and, uh, their lives have wow. changed massively, uh, where they live. Uh, so Thank you. Congratulations uh, to both of you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, man. you, man. Thank
2: you. We really appreciate it.
1: Um, what inspired you to start those events? Like, there's so many, and uh, you know, I'm sure, like there was, th- like there were dark times too. I've been part of teams that built events, and I've been part of teams that have created events like that from companies like Red Bull to something called One Spark that we threw like a three hundred thousand event, three hundred thousand people like weekend event here in Jacksonville It was crazy. So like, I've been in that range and I know a little bit of the behind the scenes. So, and it's crazy. Everybody that works in events is like, do not do events. <laughs> they're like, you're insane, but somehow we keep doing them. Right. So like, what inspired you to, to start that?
0: So, you know, a lot of people will say though, when I'm doing business, they're like, Oh, you're an event planner or you're this. And I know the two of you know what I do. So I'm not an event planner. It's one of the things I have to do to, I'm a facilitator of communities that allow for greatness to happen Mm. and very uh clear about that so there's a lot of work that i have to intentionally create for that to happen and then for the event to grow outside of myself we've adopted holacracy which is what tony shea used in zappos to allow the community some autonomy in how that greatness Mm. could uh spread out outside of uh me and the organization so it's not a solo pillar it's actually think of it almost like an octopus where the community takes over different legs of the event we just create the ground rules so greatness could happen and then we watch it uh the majority of it's amazing and every now and then it's not so amazing our job is to pay attention to that and adjust accordingly in order to keep growing so what inspired me um i grew up in new york and i came from a very big fat greek family uh, and what was interesting about that, I didn't realize I was born into a, a family ecosystem in where connections were uh, there. So if I needed a job, I think my first two or three jobs, a cousin of mine referred me into a company mm-hmm. for wow. a job. So, But I was an entrepreneur. So these were jobs in between my entrepreneurial endeavors when I would go broke and I needed money. Then i mm-hmm. go back to the next entrepreneur endeavor. Yeah. So the interesting thing is I didn't realize if you're born in, into... In, in New York, uh, people are multi generational, so it's very easy to get connected if you have a family structure. When I moved to Florida, yeah. fifteen years ago, there for me and many of the people I moved to Florida, there is no such thing. So the way people create connections is going to meetings. Florida probably has the largest amount of associations of any state. I, I forgot; mm. I looked it up, but it's over 15,000 associations. Wow! Just in the, it's an immense amount of, and you have to ask yourself why is that? Well, one out of Ten to twelve Floridians are born out of country. Eight yeah. out of ten are out of state. So the majority of people are not native to this state. Therefore, connectivity yeah. must happen through uh, some kind of facilitation. Whether it's one spark uh, synapse down here in, in in Tampa, these events Podfest. So yeah. I set on that mission of asking myself, how can I connect to great people, and how can I create a system where I don't have to deal with? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you my formula. It's very simple. Uh, I'm looking for people with a positive mental attitude. And we actually, um, we have a system of how you facilitate that. So one, uh, originally when when we had a very local group, what we would do is we would interview the person for up to an hour time. And we would listen to see if they're a false negative or false positive. A false positive is someone that says things positively, but does things negatively that um, sabotages everything they do. So we did our best to be careful of that. Um, a false negative is someone that says things negative, but they do things positively, which is an interesting contradiction. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. were very clear on these things, and then we were looking to do uh, business at the time with entrepreneurs and ability for growth personally, and professionally. So we carried those into Podfest. Now Podfest is open to everybody, but we do state that we're positive mental attitude, ability to grow as a creator, yeah, uh, personally and professionally, and that creates a very different um, environment for even you came out there's 2000 people It still felt like a small community because it's so tight-knit with so many different threads it's been created by design like that from when we had 13 people at a meetup that's so cool wow that,
1: that's so cool
2: yeah absolutely i mean definitely you can tell you've been over 10 years mastering mm-hmm. the art of putting this together i mean like you mentioned you're that facilitator of communities and i love how you positioned yourself in there as well right i can i can tell is Is done very on purpose and we can see the effects, right? Like once you tell this and we look back at the podfest event that we've attended, it's like, it is there. All that you're talking about, it is very clearly in there. My question is, how do you get to this type of events, right? Because going from meetups, small ones, I'm guessing in there, you're more just coordinating what's happening and whatnot. So kind of like, what was your journey learning like? where do you learn all this stuff besides obviously taking action and repetition. And I'm not going to lie, selfishly, I'm asking these questions because I want to dig a little bit deeper on the topic. Then on my own, I want to be like, Ooh, this is so interesting. So let's,
0: let's go from the transition point. How did I go from local events where I live to convention yeah. center events? Cause that's a very big yeah. transition. Okay. So two things, I have a lot of faith in myself. And, uh, but I have a lot of faith. If you do the right thing, somehow the universe conspires to help you along the path. Mm. So when I had a small business group, one of my good friends had moved from Orlando to Tampa and he was starting a video production company and his name is Neil Gilarte, and he started wild style productions. Mm. I didn't realize it at the time but I was doing what I normally do. And I know the two of you have seen this. I connected him to everybody I had. I opened up all my connections and it put him in business. And at one point I remember he was about to quit. And I said to him, hey, you're only your first year in, your second year is not as hard as your first year, but you're about to have a breakout year. He was about to hit his third year. Literally after we talked, he literally landed one of the biggest clients uh, uh, that he had met two years earlier. I'm talking about within two hours of that talk. Wow. So it just, um, it was interesting how that worked. Because he had faith that he was going to keep going. Uh, so his business took off and it flourished. The interesting point on that, he kept saying to me, we need to take PodFest out of the localized marketplace of Tampa and move it to Orlando to a convention center. And I would say, and this is what I said then, I said, Neil, I can't afford a quarter million dollar guarantee because of what that means if you don't know what a personal guarantee, you're putting up your house, your bank account, your assets, as a personal guarantee that you're going to fill that hotel if you don't you're mm. they sue you and you're paying them for the rest of your life uh it's yeah. like a school loan that you didn't apply for okay yeah um so he said to me and neil comes from a very proud venezuelan family he said to me my sister runs uh a convention center at the time it was called the Caribe Royale. he said she's the service manager she's been there for 20 years she said to go over there and talk to the salesperson. i said sure I've learned one thing and this is a piece of advice I could give anyone starting out. You should always entertain the conversation, but just Mm -hmm. because you entertain the conversation doesn't mean you should always say yes, Mm -hmm. but you should always listen to the opportunity. So if you think about it, my mindset was I can't afford to take a risk. But my friend said, my sister has set up an appointment for you. Please go talk to them and see if they could help us. Yeah. And, and Neil was helping me cause he's part of the community. So he's already bought in that we're, we're one unit. Okay. So I drove over to Orlando and the salesperson said to me, so just so you know, part of these events, this convention hotels, you have to promise what's called F and B food and beverage. Yeah. So you have to promise sometimes sixty, hundred thousand hundred thousand dollars of food and beverage on top of what you're paying in rents and hotel rooms, all this stuff. Wow. So the lady said, we have this area in our hotel that's a starter event where you could get up to about 400 people and out here we could create your your uh sponsor your sponsor area and in my head i'm thinking oh man it's gonna cost me a lot of money she said well what do you think you could do and i said well we just did this event in tampa we have like 20 sleeping rooms it's kind of funny now because we do 2,000 sleeping rooms yeah. like we have 20 sleeping rooms we think we could do maybe 30 if we stretch it you know I was so worried yeah she said maybe we could do it for 5,000 food and beverage and I'll I'll give you 20 sleeping rooms. And I said to her, uh, I'm thinking in my head like, that sounds too low. It doesn't sound right. And then she goes, we'll we'll do it for $3,500. She started negotiating with herself and she basically gave us the hotel. (laughs) For all intents and purposes, that's like giving you a hotel for free. Yeah. Yeah. And I I scratched my head because I said, that sounds great. And I drove back from Orlando to Tampa (laughs) and I called up my friend, Neil, and I said to him, I'm confused because she literally started lowering her price without me saying anything. Cause I was stunned <laughs> at the prices. I said, what the heck is going on? He said, he said, Chris, I talked to my sister. You helped me start my business in Tampa. Our family owes you one. So as a thank you for helping me, my sister told that sales manager, if you don't make sure he signs and give him the best deal in the world, I won't service any of your events as you sell them. And I said, why would she do that? He goes, well, we come from a very strong Venezuelan family. We believe that you helped me out. My family owes you one. This is the way we're helping you back. So for me, um, the way I got into convention center business was from doing the right thing, but not expecting that uh, extreme uh, circumstance to happen. But that's how I got into the convention center business. Wow.
2: Wow! I got goosebumps. Yeah. That, That last sentence right there. Um, and not because of the fact that we are Venezuelans, <laughs> but because of the fact of how everything turns out for the good, right? And we grew up, our mom was always, like she would always tell us, everything happens for a reason, and it's always because the best of reasons, right? Like even if it's something negative that happens, it's because something positive is, is coming along, right? And I mean, not nothing necessarily negative happened in your story, right? But you just mm-hmm. lean into the opportunity. You were like, let me give it a try, let's see what happens. and somebody that you previously helped, right they were they were so invested in you as a friend, right? not they weren't like investing in you as a business like they didn't have like investment uh, you know money investment in your business or anything. They were like, "Hey, I just want to help you out." And I think those connections are absolutely amazing and I, I think that kind of like drips into what podfest is right now right like i see i hear this story and that's I'm like, the
0: dna that's built our whole community so yeah. it does it, it permeates the entire have you guys ever been to a... i'll give you an example and this is something i learned early on have you ever been to a wedding where the two people actually probably don't like each other and you could actually feel that it's pro... people are taking bets how long the wedding is going to last i <laughs> no know i have i could tell you right now i have and what happens is You don't have uh, as good a time as if you go to a wedding and the two people really love each other and the love literally permeates the entire room. And I remember feeling that one time. Mm. And I asked my wife, why do I feel this way? She goes, because their love for each other floods into the entire room for all of us here. So most people don't realize, but a conference, Mm. the name doesn't really do it justice. You're going into an ecosystem that's been built by certain structures. And if the structures have been built with the right integrity which means to make something whole um, it's felt by everybody that co- even a total stranger could feel there's something here i don't know what it is but these people are way too friendly and nice this is not normal yeah and they either have one of two choices when they come to Podfest. they could decide to be part of that culture or they could decide to uh, and it, rarely but it does happen when you have thousands of people they decide like yeah hey, this is a little too for. this is not for me and that's fine because they'll find the culture they're more comfortable with. Yeah. But coming from a, a Greek family, the reason I say that, and, and I, do say, I always say that it's a Venezuelan family because he's my friend and they, I, I love their family. They put us up when hurricanes are going on because my, my parents now live here. But at the time, I would go to Neil's family. His mother would take care of us. Wow. They're just a very warm family. Um, I, I believe that I was very fortunate to grow in a family that maybe didn't have a lot of money, But had a lot of love for one another and i think that's a missing ingredient for events and or uh, anything ecosystems that we create and that's something that we try and make sure podfest has and it's a unique quality that uh people might ask me hey what makes podfest different from this to that and i could answer strategically but once they feel it they never go anywhere else if they're looking for that because there is no other place for creator con yeah. that has that kind of love put into it and that love is not created on the show floor that love's created when i'm answering the same question 500 times every year when someone says i need help with my podcast and then i say hey talk to these people go here Here's yeah. are some people from our community and they say oh i thought you were going to do that i go no i serve as a human directional helping connect within so that's i do two of those almost every day of the week so that's yeah. the work that people don't see
1: that actually yeah. goes
0: into Relationship with the person when they come into PodFest, it's awesome
1: because, like, the the amount of karma that the good karma that you're putting out (laughs) into the world it's incredible. I remember, um, that feeling that you just explained when we walked in, uh, it it, we felt like uh Disney, right? Like, we're (laughs) like, oh, you know, we have this right here, we have this thing that says VitFest, and then we have like all these vendors, and uh. Um, and I think close to probably 20 people that we met then that we didn't know that we were going to actually do the show have been in the show and we've been able to connect through different routes and the common point is like, Oh man, we were at that event. Right. And then I I remember one afternoon we're like, man, this is so cool. Let's just go up in the, to the bar where the sushi place was. And, uh, you, you guys had this amazing app that you guys use and, and you can connect with different mm-hmm. people and the, uh, it's incredible. It's you can incredible. create
2: kind of like micro communities. Micro communities. Yes, yeah.
0: yes within the community. That's I mean, the holacracy part. Yeah. Everybody could create and we live... we we. So remember, we allow that to happen and I remember Tony Shea talking about this and I, I kind of understood it. But within that, some people might decide to spam. The challenge for them is we all see it because we're all cohesive. So it hurts them more than it hurts us. We yeah. do police it, but we you have to allow... Uh, It's like you see like governmental rules. They create a rule, but the unintended consequences hurt like the whole ecosystem.
2: Yeah. We're
0: very careful of not making too many rules, but watching over the ecosystem. And that's a very unique thing in that you want to be very mindful of how you're building and allowing for creativity to flourish
1: um i i want to share a funny story there because like we, Wait, we before you share the story let me share like a little comment just like a little your your comments are never little you're, you're, <laughs> I you're pro- choking I, the mic right I now promise this, <laughs> this
2: is gonna be real quick uh th- this kind of reminds me a little bit of a video i saw about a book called no rules rules about netflix right and which is pretty much have the those core values where you want to go and everybody knows exactly exactly where you want to go but don't do so much of that micromanaging right i like give freedom to a lot of people and then when you're gonna you know whether that is judge actions or something results you have that foundation to which you can compare and judge 100 percent. that's gonna take you in the right direction
1: yeah. i think this is such an important point and i'll share the story and I think it's a great transition for communities, right? Like now online, a lot of people, either whether that's businesses, creators, you see it everywhere, right? They're, they're building their own communities and they're trying to figure that that, that code. Even us, right? Full disclosure, we have the Contents Profit group. And for the longest time, that group started for the 45 Live Challenge, which is kind of like our main story and how we broke through publishing. And then it's been kind of like sitting there for a little bit. And it's maybe, I don't know if it's fear. I don't know if it's like, we don't have that structure, right? So we look at uh, platforms like the one that you built and we're like man this is such a cool example to mm-hmm. to base off of like what are the good habits what are the good things that we can do now when we were at your event and this is the story i wanted to share and this is the the perfect example of what you just explained we were sitting where i think we were standing and there was a, a panel in one of the bigger rooms and we're like man like oh this is, would have been so awesome to be a part of which by the way spoiler alert we will be part of that event this year oh it's so excited! <laughs> it's gonna be so awesome so anyways so i'm like what can we do and we see we see the app and we're like content creators and at the time we were trying to figure out what the service was um and we're like let's just like call people upstairs and and ask them questions about the thing that we want to create and we're just gonna say that we have like this meetup up there in the bar right and we sat there and we put the message out in the app and then two people showed up and then three people showed up And then four people showed up. And all of a sudden, like, this bar is completely packed with chairs. We made this massive circle. Mm -hmm. We we met incredible people, incredible podcasters that shared all the secrets. They were like, this is what you do. And point one, point two, point three. And then we met Rita, which, by the way, is building Mm -hmm. an incredible uh, network for Hispanic podcasters. Like... Like, these people that are, are changing the world in a very positive way. And it was such a wholesome afternoon. And then right after that, we went to, to karaoke. So if you want the karaoke <laughs> pictures and Fonzies, uh, crazy dance moves, you can go there. But that moment, like, I remember like it was yesterday. And that, that created such a positive momentum in what we wanted to create and do. And because of moments like that, we're able to do what we do. So everybody listening, like if you have obviously the possibility to come down and, and go to Potfest, fest, please go and experience this because it will change. It will put point in the right direction. Yeah. But also if you see these events, go experience, meet people, have conversations, connect with one another. And, uh, yeah. so, so again, like, thank you for, uh, for the example that you guys are setting in, into these things. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk the mic, but yeah, I got, a,
2: I got a question here. That's <laughs> been in my mind since before we started the podcast. <laughs> okay. is so Chris, And I'm going to add the context of what you just shared, right? You went from those smaller meetups to those conference rooms and you shared that story, that pivotal story, amazing, goosebumping story. But now I'm curious, how did you go from, I don't know, maybe 20 people at a meetup to putting 2000 people in a room? I I believe that now it is probably easier because you got the community that promotes itself. Like they're all uh, probably expecting and waiting for the event and it's way more exciting but at the very beginning, when you were, you know, maybe a little bit scared that you potentially couldn't fill up that event space, how did you manage to get all these people you, in you there? You want
1: the you want the juice, the secret sauce, the marketing side. I want the I, okay. want, the, I want the secret <laughs> sauce. That is true.
2: Well, let me give you
0: the the two fade the seesaw. Let me give you the before <laughs> and then the Orla- so Orlando would be the pivotal moment from saying we're not going to play small. We're going to allow this thing to grow where it needs to grow, and that's a big difference. So in Tampa we had a base because I had done thousands of meetups. It was not hard for me to get a hundred people at the first ever PodFest, uh, th- and, and there was it was new. So when something's new, just like right now with blockchain events, people show up for it. Okay, mm. doesn't mean that they're gonna come back next year, but they show up. Yeah. The next year, so we the next year we had 181 people, and that's when we really targeted people outside the state to come in. So intentionally we said we need to invite speakers from outside of Florida because we want this to be big. Mm. And one of the feedbacks at that moment is in Tampa we have no zoning. so many hotels are next to uh, strip clubs uh, like dance clubs uh, mm. uh, So one of the ladies said, why did you put the hotel next to a strip club um, you know and I said I didn't even realize it because all our hotels in Tampa tend to be next to different clubs like that. So, we said okay. When we made the transition to Orlando, we said, "How can we fill? How can we double the size from 181 people?" Yeah. Uh, a couple of things. We were making a documentary f- film about the momentum of podcasting, so we knew that was going to help us market the, mm. the 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 next event. Two, we had bigger space. We could expand our exhibit floor, so if we went from eight exhibitors to maybe fifteen. Mm. I know that sounds small, but uh, fifteen exhibitors. You have to times that, but let's say three or four people per exhibit table, so that means you're gonna have 60 people just on the exhibit side. Yeah. Now you have we had more breakout rooms, we had four going on for speakers, so now you have about 60 speakers. So just on that, you have 120 base. Yeah. And now you have um, 200 ticket buyers, so now you are at 320, and then you sell your your different promo codes, you get everything. So we had like 373. I remember I've, I'm very good with our numbers. Then what we did to even make it bigger is after the event was done, uh, let's say at five o'clock, we showed the first draft of the movie at that PodFest and invited oh. anyone else that didn't want to buy a ticket to expose them to our community. Mm. So that actually brought in another 150 people. I got to see what we were doing oh, wow. and that allowed us to help build momentum. So the crowdfunding campaign for the movie was a big generator of buzz, awareness in the industry, uh, those factors I just told you i speak a lot so i do a lot of small speaking gigs at meetups and i sell tickets when i do them i'll give special prizes i'll look for volunteers because that's another way people could buy in to uh, grow so that's how we grew that then from there we went to 496 so there wasn't a lot of growth that next year comparatively yeah we 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 pre-sold tickets so you sell about uh 50 to 100 tickets um into the next year so that allows you to start Mm. with a lead so to speak yeah and then you do all that momentum in the process. We've created a lot of unique specials and I'll give you a couple of them. Someone's a speaker. We give them a speaker plus one. It's a half off code for someone in their tribe. We have a pay it forward program that allows people to apply for tickets that cannot afford to attend. We give quite a few tickets in that thing, but we do ask them to verify why they need the support. Mm. Um, The Facebook marketing ads are the smallest, part of our marketing uh we have our speakers create speaker cards we create really great graphics on our create speaker cards so we had 20 speakers create their own unique speaker cards i'm going to let you in on a secret we're doing right now as our team we're going to have a team meeting we're going to ask those people if we could use their designs as a credit to them and give them to all our speakers to then put their headshots in and have multiple different speaker cards to use as needed whenever they need that are even better than the ones we created so we're always thinking of marketing techniques of how do we incorporate the community yeah. to partake uh in what we're doing and we do have a pod labs once a month now but to speak to your question funds it's um constant marketing constant helping a lot of it's helping people like if i go speak you're not going to sell a ticket to someone that doesn't know you you might yeah. sell one because they're ready but there's 10 people they're thinking about it so i give them my email reach out to me if i could help you i let them schedule time on my calendar and then as i'm helping them i say hey I'll give you a 20% off code if you'd like to attend. If you think what I did was helpful, it would mean a lot to me if you came to my event. I think I could help you even further. And through those things, you uh, generate momentum. You're correct to say that we have major momentum now. So it's It's still hard, but it's a lot easier. Let's just put it that way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you got got a lot of people cheering for you guys. And I mean, so many people invested in the community. Like you said, right? You have... uh, people create their own cards to promote this and they go out of their way because they're excited to be a part of it regardless of whether other people are going to use it or not right they just want to be a part of it and i think that should be a goal in anybody that is looking to build that community right i think a lot of communities being built right now um i do join quite a few facebook groups here and there mostly because i'm like trying to Uh, group hack, if you want to put it that way, right? I'm like, oh, let me see how they operate. How are they running things? And a lot of it is just, let me try to get as many people as I can on the front end. And I know they're going to drop in a week or two, but the whole idea is to get to connect, to connect with them in a sales way uh, in that first or, or two weeks, right? It's not about Let's build a strong community that people are helping each other out. That if somebody asks a question, you don't have to answer because you got somebody else that's been monitoring the group for three months, come back and answer that question. And you guys do so good in that aspect. That is, I think you guys are kind of like the example. Right there for for most. We, we have people ask
0: me for help for years, and still go to let's say another conference outside of ours. And I'll say, you know, you always ask me for help. I'd love for you to come experience Podfest. And then when they show up, the comment I get is like, "Wow, I had no idea." And what you realize is some people just don't until they experience it. They're like, "This really is different." Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, everybody around you told you that 10 times over, but until the person experiences it, they don't realize yeah. that yeah. someone could intentionally create a very unique experience. Yeah. Uh, and we bake PodFest differently. PodFest is baked like a five course meal. Mm. So we actually look at it strategically, how we start and finish the the event and how we navigate the emotional experience of each attendee. So there's yeah. a lot of um, mm. there's a lot of planning around that and where we place the exhibit hall where we place this and that and who's going to talk to who and how are they and then we walk through the event to feel how it we did that virtually too by the way you could do it virtually but there's a lot of um
1: conversation around that when we're planning the event
2: yeah kind of like that uh, customer journey i'm guessing ingrained yes on yes, the- yes
1: i'm very i'm very curious on the creative process because like you just mentioned i was like busy taking out a of notes here i'm like the the event blueprint right like all the all these ideas and i'm sure you have like so many right we we mentioned a little bit of a guerrilla marketing side and what's the creative process here's why uh when we when we talk about the content profit or podcast or a platform right like each each show or each pod, podcast has like their their secret sauce like how they do things right and uh, just earlier today i was in a conversation with uh they're like a technology company they're trying to launch like these podcasts, and they're trying to figure the system out and i'm like let me walk you through like our process and and why. And then we listed all the items that we do from like inviting the guest all the way to like after the, the show and the follow-up, right? And they're easily like they're like 40 steps there. But like there was like a lot of trial and error in these things. And then on top of that, we got a market and these ideas. And Fancy just sent me these DMs, like incredible collab thing on reels. And it was like it was a cool, cool format, right? But then the creative process can get overwhelming for a lot of people, especially starting out in in something like this. Do you guys have a system on how you come up with these opportunities on how do you keep them? How do you go back to some of them? Maybe how do you test them? Is there something that you guys do or is this literally just like 10 years of doing it and it's on your head?
0: So a lot of it is past experience but we do have a process behind me there's charts that I write on whiteboards all the time erase mm-hmm. uh so we have a slack channel for our team to communicate uh so that's one tool that we use we have google uh you know back office for everything to aggregate every year we start a new file folder and it, then it delineates and it mm. auto populates contracts logos uh micro like literally everything there um and then for marketing we have uh we have we have a structure but then we also have to go with the flow because there are there are things that Mm -hmm. uh we listen to the community to help co-create a lot of our marketing that's what makes it very different in that someone will come up with something in the community that we think is great and then we create it so at pod labs a few months ago uh alex Filippo podmatch was making fun of larry roberts of the podfest messenger the editor And he called him cool cat larry in real time and they were all joking around it was all fun yeah in real time someone found an image of cool cat larry they posted in the chat this is all while larry's teaching so he doesn't (laughs) know what's going on all of a sudden at the end we said we had an nft image that we were going to create of cool cat larry with the red hat that larry always wears And we might have an NFT image now that we give to people as a joke at PodFest for fun. Now, all that was created in real time during a Pod Labs two months ago because we're all having fun in the chat while he was speaking. Um,
1: So you guys weren't paying attention at all. Like, so the secret is not to pay attention to a presentation. Yeah,
0: well, me and a couple other people were definitely not paying attention. I'll give you that. Uh, We were kind of like, okay, we know this stuff, but let's have fun over the chat. Uh, and that's one thing. Like virtually, we always encourage people to talk in the chat. Yeah, uh, yeah. So our chat, you guys have been part of it. it like, yeah. It's like ne- never ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we encourage people to send DMs. So you have to realize if it's virtual or in person. Here's the interesting thing for anyone listening to this. We were just as successful, successful virtually as we were in person because the same rules apply. It's just we had to ask ourselves, how are we going to build the architecture? We ask the same questions. We just have different tools and modalities, but the same impact and the same outcome happen virtually. Yeah. So, uh, and actually we reach more people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I want to encourage people, like if they're listening right now and they're, they're thinking about it, we're going to leave all the links right below. So if you can't in person, obviously come hang out. Uh, it's going to be so awesome. Uh, if you can virtually go do it, but here's the caveat, right? For the virtual experience personally, I didn't carve out the time to 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 spend with the community, like personally, and I think that's where it broke for me, because uh, I was like, man, like like it. I just didn't do it. Like, it was my bad, total my bad. And I'm like, that's that's part of it. Like, that's the main thing, right? Like, it's not just the presentation or hanging out and, and learning. Like, it's the community aspect. So if you go do virtually, please make sure that you allocate the time to actually be present. Maybe not in person, but be present with the community, whether that's the sessions and whether that's the online interaction that happens. So I just want to put that out there because, like, I, I felt on the virtual version that I personally really missed out. From that first experience, but it's not because of the event because the tools and the frameworks and the thing is there. You just want to make sure that we put it in the calendar and make sure that we're present every single time.
2: Yeah, absolutely, I think that has been one of the most rewarding experience when we go to any type of events is the networking, connecting with other people, and you know, I don't every person represents a potential opportunity it, for whatever you never you never know what it is, right? So you gotta go open-handed, open-hearted, and ready to be presented with an opportunity. Maybe that opportunity is, okay, cool. Let's just be friends, which is absolutely amazing, right? Who doesn't want to have more friends? And then some of those relationships can turn, who knows, into a business relationship. Uh, Maybe it can introduce you to somebody else, right? That you can potentially help or they can potentially help you. So that, that for us is the key. And That is the key, honestly, to this whole podcasting thing as well, at least on our our end, on how we run content is profit. It's about let's have as many conversations as we can with cool people that we would love to be friends with. And then let's see where where the relationship goes, right? And it has flourished, honestly. Like the podcast has flourished on our relationships and business because of the people that we get to meet inside of the podcast so can can i share my philosophy on relationships oh please do
0: so the greatest relationships are created when you have no desire for a specific outcome other than to discover how you could build a relationship and if there's synergies amazing if there's not appreciate the other human being in the room and i have a story that happened to me when I was doing those meetups, here I am in my late 20s, I just moved to Florida and I'm just doing tons of meetups. And there was a gentleman by the name of Jerry. He was 70 years old and he would show up. And I remember when the iPads came out, he had some money so he had the first iPad in the room. He was showcasing it and we we're like, "Oh my god, let's look at the iP-. we were so excited because mm-hmm. yeah. it was a tech uh, meeting. We were had all, mm-hmm. it's a social media marketing type stuff. And Jerry would come over and I remember he went on a trip to Italy and took pictures of all these beautiful places on his iPad. And he would show us. Uh, so he said, Chris, I really love you. And I love Katie. You know, Katie and I were, um, he had known us for years at that point. He said, I'd love to invite you guys over to have dinner. And he started telling Katie and I how much he loved his second wife and how, uh, before she had to go into routine surgery, she passed away in the surgery and he loved her. He loved every moment he had with her. And, um, And he said that uh, they had taken a trip to Italy before she passed. And I said, "Uh, Jerry, you just went on that trip to Italy. And he said, I went back on the same trip I went with my wife. And I took a picture at every place we sat by myself to commemorate the love he had for his wife. When Mm -hmm. he said this, I had to go back. I went to his bathroom and I started crying. I had to get out of the room. And Mm -hmm. uh, my wife didn't realize what was going on because I'm putting two and two together because I was like, wow, those pictures he was showing us. So. Anyways, Jerry uh, uh, was a good man. He would come to the meetings because he felt welcome. He had quite a bit of money. He didn't need money. He just wanted to have a family. Mm-hmm. So uh, a few years later, as Podfest, the meetups are done. I had talked to him every so often. We touch base. I think he was about 82, and he passes away. And he, he told me, too, while I was visiting him, his favorite granddaughter was the one that's going to nursing school, and she always checks up on him. And she always visits him and he loves Mm. her to death and when he's gone she's getting everything you know basically but he he basically told me he loved her um so i she posted on facebook and i I saw it because it was on his timeline and i sent her a message and i said i just want to let you know your grandfather was an amazing man and he always talked about you and how much he loved you she sends me a direct message on facebook she goes chris uh, i'm so glad you reached out to me she goes, he had 20 people to call when he, 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 when he died. You were one of the 20 people and your, your, na- your number has changed. And I just want to make you uh, sure you know that you meant the world to my grandfather and he really loved hanging out with you. I mean, I mean so sometimes wow. connections don't have a monetary influence, but the influence on my life that this man yeah. spent the last moments of his life visiting my meetup group because it made him feel like he had a home after he had lost his wife is very powerful. And for me, that'll impress on my life uh, much stronger than uh, business or all that. So that's kind of how I look at connections. Uh, As my wife would say, I make uh, friends for life um, and I'm a very forgiving person. And Mm -hmm. I have a thing where I do not hold grudges. So even people that have done things in business that are not the best, I might not do business with them again, but I'm able to forgive them very easily. And Mm -hmm. I just see people as uh, I see us all as flawed human beings. Mm. many times repeating our mistakes from when we were kids and we're just grown up kids trying to figure out life together. So that's kind of my philosophy of how I
2: see the um, world. Man, I love this. And you're going to, you're going to bring tears to, hold on,
1: I need to go to the no, Yeah, room, not, but, uh... <laughs> not,
2: not just our eyes, but the people that are listening to the story. And I can yeah, tell yeah. by your, your voice and your tone and how much this story means to you um, and how it has affected to, not just your philosophy and relationships, but probably your, your entire life, right? The, the impact that it has had. And one question comes to mind, which is, were you always like this growing up, right? You say you grew up in a very loving family, um, but did you always value relationships in this way? Were you, did you ever see them as, oh, maybe I wanna build that relationship because of there is something to gain in here, and then there was some point of transition? Or have you always been this Chris?
0: I always had a unique interest in people's stories, even as a little child. They used to call me in Greek. They'd call me the magnetophono, which means the voice <laughs> recorder. Um, <laughs> and what that means is you would tell me your story and I never forgot it. So wow. five years later, I could tell you exactly what you told me, because I, I love stories and history. So I've always loved people's personal histories. And because of that, I'm a very good at um, uh, I'm, I'm an astute character of human nature and where the person comes from. Um, have I always, I wouldn't say I've always, I would say my late twenties, uh, I was chasing money in my early twenties and it, it was very frustrating. I would get very frustrated somewhere in my late twenties. I took six months off. I was very fortunate. I had sold like a real estate investment. I had some money, not a lot, but enough. Whereas a single character, I didn't have to work and I could, um, take six months off to think. And I call that my period of standing in the silence. And every day I would walk sunset on Davis Island and I would ask myself, You know, if I was to live out my life and money were not an option, how would I want to live it? And that's where I envision a community of people Mm. that supported one another, that were there for each other for a lifetime. And I I had one locally in Tampa. And then I infused that community because remember, the first group of people came out of that original community into PodFest. So PodFest came preloaded with a DNA that I built for over nine years. And those friendships are still with me. I could call any one of my wow. friends from my old community, and we talk to each other, see each other. And those friendships are still as current as they were uh, then. So, um, in my late twenties, I made a more conscious effort to strengthen my my bonds with people. And you have to understand too, if Armageddon happens tomorrow, let's just say, and people are saying, "Oh my God, the whole world's going to come to an end." Let's say all the supply chains come to an end tomorrow all you have at that point is the connections with other human beings so they won't care if you're a billionaire because that won't have anything to do with anything what will they care about if you're someone that they want to help and support and someone that could add value and have a good time with so like I always think about that like does money mean much it's good to be financially we live in a world where financial success is very good and it makes life a lot easier but the key is don't we also want to have great friends to have good times to enjoy that money in those times with? And that's kind of, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm obviously strongly on the personal relationship. Money is a very uh, second to third tier. And you, you have to realize that's why I'm very good at events. I never cared about making money. Yeah. So I was able to build relationships without stressing out about money because I would make money through mm-hmm. consulting in other ways as the event kept growing. That way I didn't have to sacrifice my integrity for Podfest, and yes. i could do the pay of forwards and everything and that mm. shows up so now also. it's it's a full-time gig right it's year round we yeah. have a team but it, before it was me with the stuff you know after a podcast was done i was taking stuff to my car you know <laughs> taking it to you know yeah. I, like people would say what are you doing i go i'm carrying the stuff to my car they go you shouldn't be doing that i go why they go, your event's so big. I go, it is, but I'm the one running it. How do you think it's all? How do you think we're we're making this happen? Like you can't just give away hundreds of tickets without a, a cost. You know, yeah. it's a business. It's yeah. cost to everything. Oh
2: yeah. wow, this kind of reminds me of the recent interview of Joe Rogan with Mr. Beast. Oh, Have you so. you heard it? Oh yeah, uh, did I? Yeah. Do Do you know who Mr. Beast is, uh, Chris? <laughs> I'm guessing.
0: I know who Mr. Beast is, I know Full Send. I know all of it. Yes, I'm a YouTube junkie, so yes. I watch, uh, I ev- love Mr.
1: Beast. To question, do you invest in the FullSend uh, NFT drop that they did? I did
0: not, but I did look at it, oh, I'm okay. not going to lie to you.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice, so yeah, on that interview with Joe
2: Rogan, he was talking and honestly, you see how obsessed he is with what he does, right, and his passion. And also he's an extremely good person he wants to genuinely help other people and he ju- he mentioned something that it was so similar to what you just said about in my main channel he's like mostly i lose money like he's like i take so many l's on that channel yet i have the other channels to make money so i can pour it back into my passion it's like i don't take any money out of it everything i reinvest into the business and Literally, those were pretty much the same words that came out of of your mouth. Right now, you're like, "Yeah, I pour everything in here. Yeah. I don't care if I if I don't make money. You are detached from that monetary value uh, or that monetary outcome, right?" Yeah. And yeah,
0: the rule my wife has just don't lose your shirt. You know, um, <laughs> uh, make sure it's on the plus side. But when I say plus side, there's times when we've done a whole event and we had five thousand left over to work a year. Wow, for yeah, for five thousand left over. So, it's not. You basically donated a year of your time of, yeah. you know, 10,000, whatever it is, thousands of hours. Because if you were to get paid, you, yeah. was it $5 an hour? So, yes, the answer is absolutely. That's why we... that You ever see how many prizes we give away? I mean, yeah. we've literally allocated... Uh, people said, how do you give hundreds of prizes? So, like, we literally take a percentage of our profits and put it to the prize pool yeah. so 300 people win. I mean, that's a, you can't yeah. do it any other way. P- people give us prizes, but... It's only about 20 prizes the other 150 200 we're buying off of amazon on black friday for podcast you know? <laughs> uh wow.
1: this is this is so incredible uh because you're such an inspiration right for everybody trying to you know get into something like this especially like the building a platform right we talk about that concept yeah. often in the show for us the platform our platform is a podcast, right? And it will evolve and uh, we'll add a little bit more on the sides to, you know, probably finance that thing. And we're trying to, you know, figure this thing out. I was talking to the people at the the cafe that we always go in the mornings. I'm like, man. And uh, we just went to dream mode. And it's like this place, like co-working uh, location where you have like the free coffee, you have the gym, and then we have all these studios and you rotate these rooms. And then as you rotate the rooms, you can donate the room to like a school or a library, something like that, right? And we're like... And, and perfect operation daily for me will be like, what well, day one, content's profit. Day two, sports of entrepreneurship. Day three, soccer stories. Like, all these shows. And, uh, and, and that has been, like, for example, for us, just the fact that we can put our thoughts into, into, into words and into this mic. And then other people kind of tune in and, and, and share also their stories mm-hmm. uh, has brought that, that value. And I think, like, um, even as a business owner... That's all gains, right? Like maybe it's not monetary right away. You know, Joe Rogan in that interview, he's like, dude, I had my podcast for five years and he was losing money every single year, right? And then after that, it's like, okay, well, so so there there must be a reason of why people do things like the ones that you do at your scale. The There the must be a reason why we do what we do. And this is what we're exploring this. And this, mm-hmm. this conversation has been uh, so wholesome. I want to make a final reflection here because there's so many people out there. Uh, trying to find the secret formula, trying to find the the, the secret framework for them to execute, right? And what you've shared today, I go back to that, and it's you created your own framework on how to build relationships, how to keep those relationships, how to create that event, how to market that event, obviously through practice and time and, and probably a lot of connections and, and network and conversations and making and friendships and all this stuff. But it, was, it it is your system that is so, so, so powerful today. Right. And for us, the only reason that we were able to keep up our show through like the last two years and about to go into the next couple of years with the news that we're about to announce is because it was our own process. So I really want to encourage people, go connect, make, you know, make, make have those conversations, have no expectations. And then like for execution and consistency, go and create your own thing, your own platform, your own process that you can scale no matter what, right? I initially do not attach it to to the revenue side, right? It has to serve you first and then you can move and evolve From there and go to podfest and go to (laughs) podfest well you know
0: uh to that point i wrote the book start ugly for that very reason i'd rather what happens in life is people get robbed by fear and they stop experimenting and that lack of experimentation they lead to a life that's unexamined and they Mm. don't even know what they like Mm. so that's why a lot of times you'll see someone that was an executive for 20 or 30 years they're laid off at 50. They were making quite a bit of money and they're miserable because they don't even know what they like. Mm -hmm. They were doing Mm -hmm. what they thought was successful by bringing in money. So uh, I would just, the good thing though, is if you do have an income, let's say you have a job and and it's an okay job, you could start ugly and experiment. And like you said, that might be a hobby that you really enjoy. And maybe you have an income and now you have a hobby and that hobby could turn into an entrepreneurship type hobby and it could grow over time to where all of a sudden you're a full-time entrepreneur. Then you have people like myself. I was—I knew I was an entrepreneur, like eight years old. I knew I was going to be, i like literally, I used to draw, I still do constantly, images of like what I was going to build and what it was going to be. So I knew there was no other path for me. So mm. um, what I would say though, is if you don't try a lot of different things. So I remember my dad, great man, but he would say, oh, you always fail. I wasn't always failing. I was starting ugly and figuring out what I like, what I don't like, what works, what doesn't work. So when I got to my late 20s and I realized I love community, like if you really think about it, before I did community building, I had two live TV shows and I was really good at creating production. And people might say, well, how come you don't do a lot of production full time? Because for whatever reason, I was given this gift. And some people might call it an affliction to put on live events, communities and take on massive risk to bring people together. Mm -hmm. So as long as Mm -hmm. I love it and enjoy it, I'm going to be as good as I can at it. And then when the time for me to move on, I'll know when that time is. But right now, I'm still in the middle of it. I love it. I think eventually PodFest and VidFest and all the things that's, uh, that PodFest is, uh, a huge creator con, will take up the entire city of Orlando. I uh, foresee a vision where 110,000 creatives come together uh, on a four or five day period to converge to support one another from all over the world. Yeah. So that's my vision. So that's what we're growing into. And that's so what I'm... Awesome. Um, I'm excited about
1: yes. Wow. Oh, this is so good. Like if that makes you like not motivated. Yeah. Hold on. AI I would go crowd going crazy. Yes. I yeah, love it. Chris, like tell us, like how many people are we expecting this year? It's going to be so awesome. Where can people so right go? Right now we're
0: on pace. Yeah. We're on pace for 2000, but we think we're going to be well over that. We, we were, yes. we were happy to get 1500 the year after COVID, but we're going to, yeah. it looks like we're going to be much uh, better than that. As far as numbers and pace and people. So, But the key is, um, we're just gonna have a good time man like yeah. where else can you go and and i'll tell you what we talk about being better uh getting better or adding more services we'll have an experiential hall where people could test out software in real time oh, wow. so it's a hands-on learning center for all the audio software video software yes. things like Canva. so if you have issues we'll have people training uh for 20 minutes and then they're gonna ask people with their laptops hey do you have a problem we'll help you in real time so that's so one good. We're creating a place where uh, people like yourselves that have companies could hire people with the specialized skills that you need from the podcasting and video editing side, as well as the bigger companies that want to hire teammates. Um, We have a full Spanish speaking track, just so you guys know, uh, a full uh, day. I think it's on Friday, full Spanish. So on site, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, And there's just a lot of surprises I can't spoil, but some really big surprise guests that we will have hanging out with us that we're working on behind the scenes that contacted us because of our community, our, I, I get this a lot. How do, how can I create an event where people are promoting your event? I go, I don't do that. Uh, there's a love and a respect that, uh, our yeah. attendees and our speakers have that they're happy to put out, uh, their speaker cards. And then when they post them, you see, they get like 50 likes, like it gets traction yes. because people love the brand. So it, it it's a, a really great uh, momentum builder for everybody
2: absolutely i think that the question everybody is asking themselves right now is is there going to be any karaoke on yeah. this podcast
0: so karaoke is a tradition absolutely we Let's will not go. ever have another podcast without karaoke uh, allison medley pioneered it a few years ago it is always set in stone. Why are we working on multiple nights for
1: karaoke? All so right. Let's I'm, go. I'm, I'm, working on my, I'm working on my song. I'm working on my song. I already have it. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have
2: to start practicing. <clears throat> yes. Let's go. Um, <laughs>
1: all right, guys, as we, as we, you know, wrap up, what is something that, what's an action point, right? Some, something that for a person that's starting to publish, that's trying to keep that consistency going, you know, they're, they're working on their business side gig. Um, what's something that they can do today to continue that momentum?
0: So while you're posting and doing things, um, I'm a big proponent of getting uh, people behind you that are your original supporters. So I'll give you an example from my friend Gabe, who uh, did his let's play through golf channel. When we, he had a couple of friends commenting to help him in the beginning, but then some people started commenting that he never met. So it was upon him to really get to know those people, build those relationships And get to understand why they're following him. So what I would say is, you might think you only have one fan. I literally built Podfast from a meetup level where I think the first meetup had six people, Mm, four or mm. five people. Like it wasn't a lot. So and I loved up on those people, and they brought me uh, friends, and virally we grew together. So I would do that, and also a big one, depending on what topic you're. uh, I would always relook at my naming of my show SEO just to make sure it's optimized for search because that's a very easier way for people to find you but love up on your early supporters and i mean i I would give people gift cards like mr beast does that too like i used to give five dollar gift cards back in the day i used to give like gift cards all kinds of things to the early at a loss like i was losing that month but those people brought the 90 percent that followed uh so love up on your early followers they're your biggest supporters yeah Mm
1: -hmm. oh so good um Chris, I know like this is be like a controversial out there. Um, when you when you when you told me, it kind of had like a little itch uh, when we had that conversation. But um, this might be there might not be the question for you. Maybe who knows? But you told me like how does one? How, sorry, how does someone have one of the biggest events in the world without a personal social presence that did that was so good and i think obviously that's a question that we've been answering all the show right and we ask these questions like where will you be without publishing right so maybe publishing for you means something different right than the traditional mean of of the traditional meaning of, of publishing so what does that question mean to you uh especially in this world that is so digital right today? yeah so i'm not a celebrity i'm not a
0: social media celebrity so most people attribute and I'll tell you right now, and Gary Vaynerchuk's tried to do events and they have not uh, done well because they might do well up front, but people don't come back. Mm-hmm. And the reason is it's built off his personality. Mm-hmm. I built a community off the individual so they feel welcome and they're building their brand within the community that we've built. So we built an ecosystem. It's a very big difference. So just... To put it, it, it really helps to have a social following. And I did use Facebook early on. I was one of the first people to use Facebook ads when yeah. no knowing you how to click on them. So I couldn't spend the money. So I'm very savvy to that stuff. But to say, do I have a, do I have a blue check mark or do I have a big following anywhere? Not really. All my numbers are pretty mild, but yeah. I did the one thing I think that counts more than any of that. I cared about the attendees that raised their hands that I want to come to your event. I asked them what they needed. I connected them with their needs. I followed up with them. And I help them build. So I think if you focus on delivering results, and if you're social media, you want to get big, but focus on the results of the people that are interacting with you. Your business will be fine and it'll grow Yes. because you're focused yes. on what's most important in that in that phase. Now, if you're if you want to be a celebrity, you got to have uh, virality, and you have to build that. But yeah. if you want to build a business that's not based on that, it's not that hard. Uh, it's just you have to do the right things well, yeah. and you could carry on with that
1: so so powerful um mm. uh, i mean we're the living proof of that right like we like for so long we're like okay where is that disconnect and uh when you said this, this is gonna be so good i we had to like we have to ask that question because it's so powerful for business owners especially right we have like do you the, know do you know why people like you guys uh do we have the same name maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's that's one uh the other is you guys have fun you have a love for each other and there is a chemistry there that is not common. So people want to be part of that chemistry on top of that, you have really great content. You put energy into it, but that's your unique proposition that uh, people want more of. And when I saw you guys present at the global online, you could tell how much energy you brought. I knew you guys were going to do well. And you bring that to the table, and that's a very unique thing. You don't see that every day. The love for one another, the love for your production, uh, that's what people gravitate towards. That's that's why you guys are doing so well, and I think you Thank guys you. are going to do even better as you grow your business and everything that you're doing. But it's it's something so unique that people want more of it. Thank wow. you.
2: Thank you for the kind words.
1: Me, it means a lot. Yeah, yep. yeah, you, you don't see the punches in the bellies uh, <laughs> after. <laughs> after the show. That's the <laughs> fun part. You guys always bring it up.
2: <laughs> after the show's over, we go like this. Yeah. Bart's in
1: some style. Uh, uh, Chris uh, this has been such a treat yeah. uh, we're so excited to hang out with you in a couple of months I'm gonna by the way I had this conversation with Katie like as soon as you like send me that message and I'm like oh my gosh I, I like completely ran downstairs and we have a, a second baby coming mid-April right so I'm like, excited for you thank you man thank you it's gonna be crazy so uh, mm-hmm. I might need some caffeine like, because I won't be sleeping at all <laughs> <You> will, <yeah. laughs> but uh, I remember like baby ca- can I please go to this thing because like she's like <laughs> do not book anything like you know I'm month before and a month after and this is like right there and i'm like are you okay with it it's in orlando it's so close you can come hang out too and she's like oh this is awesome and because she knows the story of that first event that we went to and uh so you know just that support of the loved ones of the people that are close to you is so important yeah
0: tell her thank you for supporting you (laughs) and uh you know it takes the whole family listen these events People have to either they bring their family or leave their yeah. family. Think about I always think about that sacrifice. Yeah. So I don't take it lightly that they're coming to an event. So for me, I love that pressure and that I have to perform and make sure that yeah. we create something special because you're spending your time with me, uh, not with your family. And that's a huge um, that I always say to people. that's a huge privilege that I'm entrusted with, and it's something I
1: will never take for granted. Absolutely. Thank you, man. So awesome. It's it's a proof every single year. People keep coming back. Uh, We encourage everybody, go click the links below. Chris, where can people find you? Where can people learn more about you, about the event, about the community? So, PodfestExpo.com is
0: the website. Uh, If you look up Chris Kremitzos, you'll look up that. Uh, If you want, I have a really great book on Amazon. There's a lot of used copies that are really uh, cheap, but I I recommend if you could get a physical copy of Start Ugly. It's a fiction based book, but it's a great book about starting ugly and getting out of your own way. I wrote it really for myself as a reminder, but it's done really well. So, highly recommend uh, grabbing a copy and you'll get a, a really great. Uh, fiction story about someone that's
1: stuck we might
0: might have to go get your autograph Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) i I, I want to make a chris style offer here if you made it this far in the podcast and you just listen to chris you know sharing about his book just send us a message and we'll buy the first 10 people that reach out to us we'll we'll buy you guys a copy of the book and we'll send it to you guys Thank you.
0: Thank you. That that means a lot to me. And buy the used copies because they're a lot cheaper and they'll take <laughs> off. They'll take them off the market, which helps with the new copies too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Sounds yeah. like a plan. Chris, th- this is something I've had in my in my mind for the last few couple minutes. And it's something that a really good friend, George Bryant, has shared with us plenty of times. And it is winning by outcaring your customers, right? Like just care more about the people that you serve, about the people you want to help, and there's no other result than winning. At the end of the day, you're gonna win.
0: Amen to that. Amen to that. that's that's my whole that's everything we do. Yeah. yeah.
2: So thank you, Chris. Chris, anything
0: thank you, you, you want to add answer. before we head out? No, I, I, listen. I this was a really nice conversation. You guys are really good at uh, making people feel welcome. Thank you for having mm. me on your amazing show uh and I'm, I'm excited to share this on my feed so thank you both awesome thank you, thank
1: you chris with that said guys thank you so much for tuning to the content's profit podcast go ahead and follow the show in your favorite platform and on social media at beast
2: bros co that is right and if chris here made you cry today <laughs> and made you feel super inspired and motivated to chase your goals please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five-star review bye. see ya bye guys